Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches, for going hexing. Guys, guess what? It's ice cream for dinner season. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's necessary. I can't believe it's hotter by you than me. Like, you know, that East Coast bullshit, humidity, weather crap. Mm -mm. We're not about it. We're not about that. We are not. But we are about ice cream, ice cream (sighs) for breakfast, ice cream Mm -hmm. for lunch, ice cream for snack, ice Mm -hmm. cream for dinner, ice Mm -hmm. cream for dessert. We've had one breakfast. Yes. But what about second breakfast? (laughs) A plus, A plus. That was a golf clap. That was a golf clap. Thank you. Yeah. Um, ice cream every day of my life. Yeah. How about y'all? Anyway, how was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. I got out of the house finally because the COVID no more. And let me tell you, bye. Yeah, basically bye. And what did I do? Oh, on Sunday I had a little date with my mom. We nice. went to go see the musical Hades Town, which if you if you peoples don't know what it is, it is about the Greek mythology of Hades and Persephone, mm-hmm. Eurydice and Orpheus and Hermes. And it was I've seen it before in New York, mm-hmm. and it's very folky, very like New Orleans type of vibe. And like it's so good. And I love the way also they have fates in there, which I thought it was yes. so cool because I was like, oh, I see what the you Hercules did there. Vibes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like they just portrayed the story so beautiful. And the woman that played Persephone was just such a badass. Like she mm-hmm. like she knows she's like fuck this Hades like why the fuck are you so pissed off at the world like why can't you just let me like go up when I want to and like why do I have to come back down it just was so she was so good it was so good I love that that musical like was here because I knew somebody in the cast the fact that it's like a witchy musical it's like yeah. it's kind of cool so we yeah. love pagan playhouse work we love it yeah yes and um that's it what about you dude you had a great freaking weekend yeah what the hell did I do I'm trying <laughs> to think back all I remember is I got a huge peony which yeah. I'm so excited about oh yeah so we went to the New Jersey Botanical Gardens um and if you recall I went there uh, to see the lilac gardens a couple weeks ago when they were in their full full bloom and it was powerful. It was perfumey. It was just everything I needed and more. Um, and I felt like happier there than I have in a long time. And um, so we went back and uh, we figured the peonies might be in bloom, which is my second favorite flower next to lilacs. And uh, there were only a few peonies in bloom. So it was a little like sad But I got to hold the peony that was in bloom in my hand and smell it and just like have a moment with it. It was very magical. Also saw a statue of Diana, more more pagan art, uh, which was so cool. I love Diana. Um, As well, there were like these beautiful um, perennial gardens that were blooming. So I adore perennials and I just love to see like what comes after, what comes after the other, you know, like how the progression of nature moves. 
and, and blooms, you know? Um, so that was wonderful. And since I was like kind of disappointed by the peony garden, uh, my partner, Zach, who you all should know by now is amazing, was like, all right, let's go find some peonies elsewhere. So we were on like a peony hunt and we were driving, um, we were close to the New York border. So we were driving around, we we're getting donuts. We were looking at crystals and, you know, just little witchy things. And uh, we passed a garden center and we were like, all right, let's just like, it's like so crowded here. It must be popular. Let's go look and see what's going on. So the minute, like the minute we walked into this place, we saw this huge peony in bloom. It was like a peony for sale. And we were like, all right, let's go and, you know, obviously sniff it, assess it. And I looked at the price thinking it was going to be like upwards of $200 because peonies that big, half the size of me, go for a ridiculous amount of money. It was $35. Wow. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That is just not the market, you know? So then we went and we found all the peonies were marked like that. We went and found a peony, <laughs> shoved it in the car. <laughs> then... um we like, we actually like seat belted it in and like yeah. adjusted it. So it like got an airflow and everything like that. We were very like, you know, uh, very equal rights with this peony. So then after that, we drove back to New Jersey, headed over to a friend's house. We actually put lilacs on pizza and it was good. It was very good. All while the peony was chilling in the car with the, of course, all the windows were down, just like, you know, floating in the air. So the weekend was definitely like very subtly witchy, very garden witchy and, you know, just a chill time. And now I will um, absolutely never want to work five days a week ever again. It's four day work week or nothing. Three day weekend or bust. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what they're trying to do here in California. So like they should do it everywhere. Really? Come on. Governor or, Murphy, let's go. Or just move to California, question mark? I mean, or that. Or that. You know, Promised yeah. me a four-day work week, and it's Done. it's pretty heavily on the table. Like, we're going. <laughs> we, we're com- you're coming here. You're coming here. Wow. What good weekends, man. What good weekends. What good weekends. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And this episode is definitely needed after... Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff in the world going on that is not great. It's Mm -hmm. pretty terrifying and terrible. And I feel like this episode maybe will help with that a little bit. I am putting that energy out into the world to, to, to heal it. Right. What are we talking about today? We're talking about healing guys. We're talking about our simple spell series. She's back and this is just going to be a really wonderful episode. Yeah. We're going to be talking about healing mostly in a folk lens, which I really, really think is so beautiful because it just speaks to like, it speaks to this beautiful heritage that is a part of folk magic. Um, We're going to be talking about all different traditions, but super interesting stuff that we found. So I'm just going to dive right in with the resources if that's I with you. Just I with me. Let's go. 
All right. So resources for today's episode include Magical Healing, Folk Healing Techniques from the Old World by Hexa Claire, Wild Witchcraft, Folk Herbalism, Garden Magic, and Foraging for Spells, Rituals, and Recipes by Rebecca Beyer, New World Witchery, A Trove of North American Folk Magic by Corey Thomas Hutchinson, and Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within by Juliet Diaz. Of course, you know that we have a disclaimer. We got to say it. This conversation features a discussion of herbalism and herbal folk medicine. We are not medical professionals or certified herbalists, and these discussions do not serve as a medical advice to treat, diagnose, or prescribe. This conversation is for entertainment purposes only, and we encourage you to seek medical advice, herbal or otherwise, from qualified professionals. There you go. There's the disclaimer. Now that we've gotten that over with, let's dive right the fuck in. Y'all. Healing and healers, past and present. Magical healing and modern witchcraft can look like a multitude of things. When we begin to look at healing as an integral part of the history of the witch, we consider the traditional cures as they were practiced by our ancestors. In ancient days, healing was considered under the purview of the witch, as much as casting love spells and cursing your enemies was. But healing knowledge is as old as the earth herself and spans the cultures of the world. And much of our first healing instruments were found in the wild magical world around us. Rebecca Beyer, author of Wild Witchcraft, says that herbalism, the use of plants as medicine, begins in prehistory with our Paleolithic ancestors ingesting many plant species and learning what is medicinal to begin this body of knowledge. Egypt, India, and China all collected, wrote, and disseminated texts on medicine and herbs as far back as 400 CE, birthing some of the longest and most well-studied plant medicine traditions. These early cultures understood magic and medicine in the same vein. Hexaclair, author of Magical Healing, says that the healing magic of the olden days was often employed in crisis situations to staunch blood, to cool burns, to relieve pain, to heal wounds. The modern convenience of a 911 call didn't exist. And even if a classically trained physician was in the vicinity to help, oftentimes people could not afford traditional treatment. Healers, those that blurred the lines of magic and medicine, come from all walks of life and are cross-cultural. In magic, we often see healing in line with folkcraft, a strong branch on the tree of traditional witchcraft. Rebecca Byer defines traditional witchcraft as an umbrella term under which many traditions lie. A modern witchcraft tradition based on practices and beliefs of witchcraft from Europe and America from the 1500s to the 1800s. It is unique folk magic traditions and witchcraft beliefs of the land once lives on, Byer says. These practices and beliefs are generally seen to have survived Christianity and recorded folklore, songs, and superstitions. Traditional witches base their practices off of the old lores, incantations, ballads, superstitions, oral lore, and documented witchcraft practices and rituals. In America, folk medicine began as indigenous medicine. The Spanish that arrived here used Roman humoral medicine combined with Christian ideologies and eventually melded them with indigenous beliefs, Spire says. This was further influenced largely by West African enslaved people who brought their own healing traditions and worldviews with them. When British colonists arrived in North America, they left a medical system that relied upon class stratification and specialization. 
Apothecaries and surgeons were seen as lower class than university trained physicians, but enforcing these class differences in a new country was just not possible. In America, there were no universities to train physicians until the 19th century, so many people met their needs however they could medically, thus allowing for folk medical and magical practitioners to take up caring for and curing their neighbors. Rebecca Beyer tells us, folk beliefs meld cultures everywhere. Before the folk magical practitioners were established, their ancestors were doing the work in their homelands. Hexaclair says, the traditional spiritual helpers of our culture are God, Mary, Jesus, the saints, and of course, all the older gods and goddesses gleaming through them, as well as pre-Christian nature, plant spirits, and the energies of certain places, stones, trees, springs, rivers, and much more. Folk practice is looking at life through the lens of all there is, all there was, and how they speak to each other. American folk healers came and still come in all races, ages, and genders, Rebecca Beyer says. Specialization is one's healing realm was a common occurrence, whether it be in forms of prayer, as in a minister physician of English colonists, or the herbs used by Appalachian Yarrow doctors of any lineage. Some folk healers shared information freely amongst themselves, like midwives and herb diggers, while others, like folk magical practitioners, operated in secrecy due to the ways mystery lent itself to their cures. Some of the most magical and fascinating parts of the diverse American folk healing traditions are the ways people are believed to become healers, Rebecca Byer tells us. Many learn from other practitioners or elders, like in cases of granny women or midwives, and some healers are born into it. Accidents of birth are often believed to impart magical or innate healing abilities, such as having never seen one's father or being born with a call, a fetal membrane still covering one's face. In Appalachia and the Ozarks, being the seventh son of the seventh son is a sure way to be born a healer. Bayer says that among Spanish Americans, the fifth or sixth consecutive son or daughter would be born a health giver. Most of us today were not born into the unbroken lines of those old ways of herbs and charms, but it's never too late to heed the call. Next part, magical timing. For healing on Mondays, Hexaclair says, it is good to work with the energies of Monday for patterns and issues you want to change. Initiate shifts on Mondays and give issues that have come to a standstill a nudge on this day. Tuesday is a favorable day for spiritual healing work and for magic that is meant to strengthen or bring a boost to the energies that you are working in. Wednesdays are wonderful days to strengthen the nerves with meditation, relaxation, exercises, or aromatherapy massages. Bring yourself back to center with herbs and scents that are favorable on this day. Thursdays are wonderful days for healing baths and detoxing, since Jupiter, Thursday's ruling planet, is astromedically linked to the liver. On Fridays, the changeable energy of Venus can be used to turn illnesses for the better. Roots for healing magic were often dug on Fridays or Saturdays. Saturdays are favorable for long-term acrotic matters in the body structures in general, bones, teeth, ligaments, and joints. In the old days, this was the preferred day to do cupping and bloodletting. And Sunday is the best day for slow healing work, Hexaclair says, and is a day of sacred rest in the old tradition. People who have just recovered from an illness should not be active on Sundays and should not resume work until Monday. 
All right, healing magic, traditional techniques. Hexaclear says that the long list of spiritual healing techniques passed down from our ancestors cannot be easily cataloged, in part because different regions and healers prefer to utilize or combine a variety of techniques. Further, she says we are talking about a living healing practice as opposed to a recorded one. Good healers, Hexaclair says, consider each patient as a unique individual. Even when they present the same symptoms, healers will treat a forceful, dynamic person differently than they would a meditative, melancholy person. Spiritual healing is a concept that is constantly evolving through each healer and each patient. Here are just a few contemporary and handed down folk healing practices that comprise modern healing magic. Blowing. A healer blows on the ailing part of the body, much like we still do today with children that get hurt. Traditionally, Hexaclair says, the blowing should be in the pattern of a cross three times. These crosses, when blown onto the body, do not necessarily symbolize the Christian religion, but were seen as signs of protection in the old folk beliefs. Some healers also use this blowing of cross patterns after a treatment to seal in the work and help the patient hold on to their newly acquired strength. Blessing or praying off is a recitation of a phrase, saying or blessing in common. The spells are part of the healing practice. They can be murmured, spoken in thought, or written down and carried on the body. And with all healing techniques that include spoken word, it is important how the spells are spoken. One must utter the spell with a deep truth that resonates with you. Speak the words calmly as if you are uttering an unwavering truth. Conjure up a mental image of something peaceful and euphoric. Anything works as long as it comes along with a strong feeling of truth. Think conjuring up a Patronus in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, gotta bring in that Harry Potty. You know it. Drawing through, getting rid of an illness through motion. People used old standing stones for this purpose, drawing sick people through them or splitting a tree and pulling the patient through the gap. Hoops present an alternative for this ancient method. They are magically crafted and decorated and swept across the body and the person steps through them. Egg applications. Eggs play a prominent role in folk medicine when it comes to absorbing illness and drawing it out. The healer would often use nine eggs to roll across the body of the patient from head to toe, slowly with deep concentration. Afterwards, the eggs were either buried or sunk in the river. Eggs are a symbol of life and hold the power to take on and neutralize extremely negative vibrations. Laying on of hands requires the hands to be held above or directly on the body and healing energy is sent from the healer to the patient. Hands themselves are symbols of protection. From the earliest cave drawings to amulets, hands are believed to repel negativity and protect the wearer from evil. Physical touch, when consensual, can have a deep reaching effect on the emotional self, and many experience warming sensations during the laying on of hands. Pegging or plugging. Pegging again utilizes trees as healing helpers. It is an ancient tried and true healing method, according to Hexaclair. It involves drilling a small hole into a tree and filling it with a piece of cloth that holds the disease symbolically. The hole was then sealed with a peg. Turning is a generic term for all practices that serve to bring an illness to its turning point, the moment at which a patient's self-healing skills begin to gain the upper hand. This was achieved fairly ruthlessly at times, 
a traditional practitioner would cause brief moments of shock to mobilize their patients, healing powers, and to break through the blockages. These are proverbial healing shocks. And even today, we assume scaring someone will cure hiccups. And oftentimes, it does work. Uh, yes, it does. That has happened to me many times. Tying or fastening. Traditionally, ailments were tied to a healthy, strong tree, preferably on a Thursday or Sunday at sunset during a waning moon. Then the second part of the body is brushed with a cloth, ribbon, or spring, and then tied to a tree. The tree, being the large and strong organism that it is, will absorb the negativity and neutralize it. Visualization was used by our ancestors as the idea of bringing upon mental images to do healing work. They went inward to see things. This requires, during spell work, conjuring up concrete images that relate to healing. Many healers speak of light or dark, or of different colors perceived in their work, and they purposely conjure up certain pictures in the healing process. Wiping off. During the process of wiping off or removing, the ailing part of the body is symbolically wiped or brushed. The illness is thereby wiped away as if sweeping the body to cleanse it. The healer most often shakes their hands after each stroke or after the completed treatment to shed the negativity, or some wash their hands in cold water afterwards. Strokes are performed away from the body and generally top to bottom or radiating out from the heart. Now, I just have to say, obviously, this is all super cool and interesting, and I love learning about it, but it is not a substitute for life-saving medicine in our yes. modern culture. Yes. So I feel like everybody knows that already, but I just had the, it was conjured up in me that I needed oh, to say that. So oh, absolutely. Next part of the Google doc, health spells and tools. First one, catnip healing spell from Juliet Diaz. This spell uses candle anointment to bring all round healing. You will need a blue candle, two teaspoons of dried catnip, one teaspoon of colt's foot, one teaspoon of dried comfrey, one fluid ounce or 30 milliliters of sandalwood essential oil. First, take your candle. If you're performing the spell for someone else, carve their name into it. Mix together the herbs and the oil. Smooth the oil over the candle in a downward motion, top to bottom. This motion brings in what you're asking for. As you anoint your candle, speak your intent, such as, bring me healing, bring me strength. I call on divine magic with this breath. Light the candle and let it burn down and out. All right, next spell is also from Juliet Diaz. They're all from Juliet Diaz, <laughs> so heads up. We love her. Garlic Foot Soak Healing Potion. Garlic has long been used in magical workings. It is a potent magical bulb that should be a staple in your home, can confirm it is. It draws out illnesses and pulls in healing. You will need a small saucepan, two cups or 500 milliliters of water, one teaspoon dried colt's foot, one teaspoon dried St. John's wort, one teaspoon dried wormwood, one teaspoon birch bark, four cloves of crushed garlic, one fluid ounce or 30 milliliters of oregano oil, a bucket or a large bowl, half filled with cold water in which you place your feet. Bring two cups of water to a boil in a small saucepan and add all other ingredients to simmer for five to seven minutes. Let the mixture cool, then pour it all into the bucket of water. Soak your feet in a quiet, dark room for 10 to 15 minutes and repeat once a day, three times a day in a row. 
tobacco banishing illness incense from, of course, Juliet Diaz. This incense aims to cure sickness in the home and alleviate sadness in the home. It also purifies and protects against negative spirits. You will need one tobacco leaf or one tablespoon of loose tobacco, one tablespoon of dried basil, one tablespoon of dried cloves, one tablespoon of copal resin, one teaspoon of myrrh resin, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, one fourth teaspoon of mugwort, two slices of dried orange, one slice of dried lemon, a jar with a tightly fitted lid. Crush all ingredients together and thoroughly mix. Burn a small amount of the incense to release its healing powers and store the rest in the jar for future use. All right, healing tools. Now I've broken this out into East and West so we can do our East and West thing that we all love. So here we go. Healing herbs of the East from Corey Thomas Hutchinson. Alder, used to treat skull ailments, blood issues, and mouth sores or infections. Black cohosh, used for treating women's reproductive medical complaints, menstrual cramps, or menopausal symptoms. Black snake root, which is in my backyard, used to treat liver issues and made into a wash for smallpox sores. Boniset, brewed into a medicine used to treat chest colds. Echinacea, long thought to stave off colds and flu when taken daily. Elder, the berries are made into a syrup to treat throat complaints and colds. Ginseng, widely used as an energy boosting treatment. Juniper, used to treat whooping cough or lung disorders. Mulberry, the bark was brewed into a tea for parasites. Mullen, used for respiratory problems or colds. Sassafras, brewed into a tea to help treat fevers and influenza, and the twigs were chewed for toothaches. Tobacco, used widely for drawing out illnesses as a poultice or smoked and blown into the ears to treat earaches. Wild cherry bark, boiled into a syrup to ease coughing and cold symptoms. And witch hazel, decocted into a liquid that treats skin ailments, burns, and blemishes. Now, healing herbs of the West from Corey Thomas Hutchinson. Agave has laxative properties and used to ease menstrual cramps. Cascara Sagrada, used as a laxative and for digestive health. Cat's claw, made into a strong brew to soothe coughs and treat rashes. Chicory, used as a gastric stimulant. Licorice, used to treat sore throats and boost immune health. Mallow, used to treat skin irritations, bug bites, and even snake bites. Mormon tea, a bitter herb used to treat respiratory ailments to help with allergies, as well as treat urinary tract infections. Poppy. The California poppy is used as a lactation stimulant and sometimes to help soothe toothaches. North American sweet root, used as a poultice for boils and sores, as well as a tea to soothe upset stomachs. Yarrow, used to treat fevers, ease cramps, and abdominal pain. And yucca can help with heartburn and thought to relieve arthritis. Also, yucca fries are so fucking good. Like yummy, literally game changer. Ooh, I want to try. Can we also talk about the fact that a lot of yours were like (laughs) laxatives? Can we? Yeah. Uh huh. Did you just do that because you know that I keep a lot, or like is it? Ironically, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. 
Hexaclair says we draw from a wide variety of stones today, but even our ancestors had their favorite among stones when it comes to healing work and protection. You know, we could not talk about crystals. Here are a few to keep by your side. Fossilized ammonite. Popular protection stones due to their spiral and snake symbolism. Ammonite was used whenever something needed special protection or was supposed to go well. They were, and still are, an excellent means of support in regaining health. Jet, or black amber, is also a fossilized origin. Jet is a fossilized plant material, a form of coal formed from pressurized decomposition of wood. In Germany, it is known as the widow's stone and is favored in times of grief. Jet is a stone that helps anyone who is more vulnerable than others. And it is like a filter that repels negativity. Hematite was used to cure bleeding magically and was generally considered a stone that increases vitality because what was good for the blood was good for the whole being. Hagstones, also known as chicken gods in Germany, are stones with a natural hole in the middle. They are primarily found by the seaside and are old luck talismans that avert harm of any kind. In Germany, they are believed to contain old healing magic. If you look through the hole at the sun, it is supposed to free you of any illness. And redstones. Redstones have a special significance in healing magic. Red is the color of life, and according to the old beliefs, it fends off any powers of a hostile nature. A fair number of red things are utilized, from ruby to garnet, coral to carnelian, and even red glass beads to ward off evil. And that's it. That's it. That's 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 the episode. That's that's the Google Doc. That is healing. That's that's simple spell series healing. Obviously, there's so much more to this, but we put it into simple terms. Hopefully, it makes sense. Yeah, and we hope that you enjoyed it because then you'll listen to more episodes, and maybe yeah. you'll listen to our past episodes, or you've already listened to our past episodes. Like, Welcome. you know where to find us, right? Right, you yeah. know where to find us. Um, Cape Witch, June 21st, guys. Mm-hmm. June 21st. Get ready. She literally smells like a magical, like, sea side. Oh, show. God. Just a mermaid. Just mermaid life, sea yes. summer. Yes, that you sounds know. better than what I said. Yes. Yeah, magical seashell. Yeah. <laughs> She smells like a pearl looks. How about that? Yeah. Wow. But get ready for that. Get fucking ready for that. You know where to find us on the Instagram. You know where to find us on the website. You know where to find us on the email. You know where to find us on the Google, on the on the Apple, on the Spotify, on the, I don't know, DM us. Um, yeah, rock on. Rock on. Rock on. Rock, rock on. on. Bye. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>